What is up, friends? I'm your host, Matt, and I want to welcome you to the Notably Known Podcast, where we break down life as a young Christian so we can glorify God and make His Word fully known in a difficult and changing world. Thanks for hanging out today, so let's make Him known. In today's episode, we're going to unpack a journey of two men on two separate paths leading to two completely different destinations. And we'll answer the highly debated question, is Jesus the only way? So join me by opening your Bible to Psalm chapter 1 as we make him known. Verse 1 opens with the word blessed. This can also be translated as happy. Now, who doesn't like to hear the word blessed? We all desire happiness in our lives. But in today's society, unfortunately, we're led to think that we can create our happiness, that fame or power will bring us joy, that we're only blessed if we have a giant bank account or shiny new toys. Well, this word blessed here in verse 1 is used 44 other times throughout Scripture. So what do these verses say that happiness really is? Psalm 32, 1 through 2 says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. True happiness comes directly from the blood of Jesus. It means we're forgiven. And you know what? Thank goodness it's not up to me. Now verse 1 turns from the blessed man and now contrast it to the wicked man. Unlike this wicked man, we're warned to not listen to the world. We're not to take its advice. We're not to let the world determine how we should understand and practice our faith. And we're not to take our lessons from the world on how to live or how to walk before God. If you're familiar with John Bunyan's book, The Pilgrim's Progress, you'll remember Christian in his journey from the city of destruction to the celestial city. He fell prey to the wisdom of the world. He listened to the counsel of the ungodly, and he was led off the path for a time. It was later that he was enticed to veer off the way when he was promised to find worldly treasure if he would just go dig for silver. However, this time Christian had learned to recognize ungodly counsel, and he stands firm, not leaving the path even a step. Sin is deceitful. It can distort our thinking, and it certainly intrigues our interest. We start by walking by it a few times, then we stand to get a better look. And before we know it, we've grown comfortable. We settle into it, and we begin to identify with it. And ultimately, it comes to define us. Well, thankfully, verse 2 shows us that not only we need help, but it shows us where we must go for it. Our advice should be coming from the Word of God and godly counsel. If we want to grow as Christians, we must be in his word daily. And I know you say, Matt, but I do read my Bible every day. I just finished my fifth yearly Bible reading plan. And that's awesome. But something that I miss too often, I simply check the box in the morning and then move on with my life. You see, that's not what verse 2 says. It says he meditates on it day and night. I think Joshua 1.8 reiterates this extremely well. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, when you hear the word meditation, what comes to mind? 
Chances are you envision a bald Buddhist monk crossing his legs with his eyes closed and lips pursed, humming in serenity. Modern notions of the word meditation come from Eastern spiritual practices. These practices have gone mainstream. Books, podcasts, apps, all aiming to help the distracted mellow themselves into a state of mindfulness. For Eastern meditation, one seeks the emptying of the mind. However, Christian meditation is filling the mind with the truth of God's Word. And so, Christian meditation is tethered to the Word of God. It's okay. Slow down. Spend a week, maybe a month, studying, dissecting, memorizing a single verse or chapter. Not just reading, but understanding, reflecting, and applying the truths you uncover into your daily life. So this leads to verse 3, where it describes the righteous as a tree planted by rivers of water. Notice that the tree is first described as planted. In other words, it was placed with care where it will be nourished. Isaiah 61.3 says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The righteous are purposely planted, not just here by accident. So Psalm 1 continues with its contrast. While the righteous remain rooted in good ground, the ungodly blow around like chaff, unstable, unpredictable. They are not planted. Early in the psalm, the ungodly were standing, but here we see their end. They will not stand when the day of judgment comes. They will not be counted with the righteous. The last verse then makes it clear the end of the wicked compared to the righteous. The ungodly will perish. Their end is death. But God knows the way of the righteous. And here the psalmist is not simply saying that God is aware of the way of the righteous. Rather, he means that God providentially cares and intimately loves the way of the righteous. They are created for his glory and will eternally enjoy and worship him. This psalm is a glorious testimony of how God takes people from all different types of directions, struggles, conflicts, and trials. And by the time he's finished with his work, they are united in one glorious voice of praise. Everything is moving toward the glory of God. We see in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. Adam and Eve are created for God's glory. They dwell in the garden and enjoy communion with God. Then they're tempted. The way of the righteous and the way of the wicked are set before them. But rather than delighting in God's law, Adam rebels and gives heed to the counsel of the evil one. As the book of Genesis continues, we see mankind turn aside on a path of sin. But we also see a God who provides a way for sinners to return to the path of righteousness and receiving a righteousness not of their own, but as a gift of God's grace and mercy. Scripture is a testimony of these two paths and their two ends. The way of the righteous is life and the way of the wicked is death. Now let's close this episode with some application. First, for those who are here without Christ, this psalm has a simple and sober warning. The way of the ungodly will perish. When we honestly evaluate our lives, all of us stumble over verse 1. We've listened to ungodly counsel. We've stood with determination in our sin. We have even at times grown comfortable in our sin. We need a righteousness that is not our own. We need a salvation that clothes us in righteousness of Christ and then continues to work in us, conforming us to the image of Christ, turning us away from sin and giving us a desire for God's word and his ways. So the answer to our question from the beginning of the podcast is found here. 
You will only find the path of righteousness in Christ. You must come to him. Jesus is the only way. And second, for those of us who are in Christ, we also find a simple and sober warning. We are to flee worldliness and toward God and his word. We are to be holy, set apart for God and his will. This necessitates that we not be like the world. Do you see the contrast vividly set forth in this psalm? The righteous are rooted in God, nourished and strengthened by him. They stand firm upon his word. Their end is eternal joy. The wicked, though, they're blown about, unstable, unpredictable, unsettled. Their end is destruction. This psalm stands as a warning to God's people not to imitate the world. And this is a warning we desperately need here in our day. We live in a day where we can look at the church and look at the world and see very little difference. We live in a day when it has become fashionable, even in the church, to look to the world for ideas and models. But we're not to follow the ways of the world. We're not to do the things the world does, which are contrary to God and his word. We're not to walk with them in sin, stand with them in sin, or sit with them in sin. Let us be a people who stand apart from the world. Let them see a difference and a change that will point them to Christ and his way. Thank you for hanging out today. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and join me again next week on the Notably Known Podcast. And remember, friends, let's make him known.